Well, we're back to another episode of the Pig Wrestling Podcast. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is powered by our wonderful sponsor, Sync Cloud, and it's available in the cloud. Where's it available, Paul? <laughs> the cloud, I'm learning, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor to name, but a few and on our Pig Wrestling Podcast blog. The Pig Wrestling Podcast is based on a book by Pete Lindsay and Mark Bowden. It's a simple way to solve any problem and create change you need. Well, then we're back. Um, we've got a great guest on the show today, and I'm really excited. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Paul. Uh, welcome, Joe. How are you feeling today? What are you feeling about the guest? I'm really excited. What about you? I'm really excited for two reasons. We've got another female to balance things out. And also, I have been looking at some of her things, I some of the, the things that Rebecca's done over the last 20-odd years in business and LinkedIn. So I'm really excited, and I want to learn some, some things today from Rebecca. Morning, Leon. Um, what do you think about the digging I've done today? Well, Rebecca, I'm going to warn you, um, and we always warn our guests, he's got page upon page upon page. Um, <laughs> I'm like quaking in my shoes. Yeah, you, you want to be quaking. Yeah, hey, I've got one, Joe. You said we needed more women on the show. That's what you. That, that was my my job, wasn't it? Yeah. And Rebecca, before you know, a piece of digging, Paul's done before he stops me because he will look. I can see him chomping. But I just love this headline. Right, a a woman's place. Right, what is a woman's place, Joe? Well, it's been on top, isn't it? Well, in management. There's a headline linked to Rebecca, a woman's place, management. Says it all. Says it all. Before you go on too much, I'm going to ask Rebecca, in 30 seconds or less, just give us a brief update on herself and introduce herself. Then we'll go into the questions and we'll discover lots more about my digging. All right? Okay. Morning, Rebecca. Morning, Paul. I live in Bristol in the southwest. And uh, I have a family. I've got my son's 24, my daughter's 19. I'm married to Marcus, been married a long time. And I love business. And to keep fit, I love chocolate as well. So I have to exercise to enjoy chocolate. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, I also like a drink every now and again. But uh, and I have a big passion for mindset and uh Going for your goals, going for your dreams, and believing that you can achieve things. So that's kind of me in a summary, I guess. That's great. Right, we'll find out a lot more about you as the podcast goes. But first question's over to Joe. Thank you. Morning, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us. Um, what is one to three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life? Okay, I love this question. The, the book that I read... Uh, for 24 hours on a long flight to Thailand when I was in my early 20s was by Tony Robbins and it's called Awaken the Giant Within and that book amazed me because it made me realize that you don't have to be the cleverest person in the world to be successful and that was a relief to me because I came out of school with a number of GCSEs I didn't go to university and that book made me realize that I had the power within me to achieve my dreams and I had to set my dreams out. So that book was really impactful and it's really kind of set me, be my guiding principles for life going forward. Um, the second book is also a self-development book and it's called A Bug-Free Mind by Andy Shaw. And again, I started reading that book and I couldn't put it down and stayed up 
24 hours to, to try and get through it. I don't think I cracked it in 24 hours, but I just couldn't put the book down. And that was around developing sort of certainty for success and living without fear and feeling inspired and being open to new opportunities. A great book, really detailed. And now my son's reading that and he's really loving it. And then a business book for me that I really love is Blue Ocean Strategy. And that is about a very innovative way to develop strategy in business. And I think very often <clears throat> strategy books can be a bit boring, but this one is about how to be really innovative in business. So if anybody's listening to this and they're in business, highly recommend it. And a great example in their book is we all know that circuses are, are kind of dying, aren't they? You know, dwindling numbers. We don't like to see um, animals doing tricks and things like that. And they give that as an example, but how has something like Cirque du Soleil, which is also a circus, been able to reinvent the circus and become on to be a, a billion turnover business? Yeah. And it looks at the strategy around how can you be innovative in your business? And so I now work with companies helping them to get the Blue Ocean strategy in place, but it's a very creative, very, you know, you get your teams really involved in creating the strategy going forward for the business. So. That's a book that I'd highly recommend. And looking back, looking back on that, um, because some of these, some of these stats, what Paul's got under here, and some of these digging, I'm going to, I'm going to bring some of these up. Rebecca is you you know, stop right. Yeah, well, we'll find out, won't we? But again, he mentioned you started working with your dad, Peter Lane, who founded um, logistics business, um, went on to grow that. Was it a thousand staff? What was part of that business? Um, yep. And, and then an interesting stat which just blows my mind was. 15 million turnover, 20% annually, um, but 7 million in one year. Oh, I think it, I'm not sure if it was 7 million in one year. It might well have been. I don't remember that um, specifically, but I took the business over probably when it was about at four or five million. Yeah. Um, and we were really successful in winning some great accounts, but that was a whole journey in itself. So it may well have been. I'm, I don't remember it being seven million pound in new business, Leon. Yeah, in, in new business, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. What I meant. yeah sorry, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. But, seven but, million in new business, which would have been spread over. You know, those would have been contracts that we would have had over a, a period of years. So yeah, yeah. But I love there's a quote which I love, um, and it says it said that you you believe that business need a mix of men and women, um, and it, and this this one you love this this quote, Joe. Women are attuned to human dynamics and have extremely good organisational skills. What a quote. Great quote. And I think, but I think the interesting thing is, um, and, and you know, Joe, don't you, in terms of work we all do, um, Andy's Man Club, what we do, was actually uh, the big driving force behind that a lot of people don't realise. I think it was me and Paul. It was my wife. It was my wife who actually driv drove me to do it. It was my wife who organised me. It was a wife who, Zoe, who pushed me. Um, and I think women are far more organised and have miles more. There's more um, women in business, but there's not enough, I don't think. Um, and I was going to always chuck that one into the room. What do we think about um, not being enough women in, in business? I guess I work, I come from a bit of a different stance, really, because I'm coming from the NHS. Um, I see lots of I see lots of women and not as many men. Um, as I come, you know, even in sort of the care overall, the care system overall, that it's it's you know it's dominated by women. And um, what I have noticed over the years is there are many more women in management roles. I think that has taken a change. I think it used to be you used to see all your nurses on the shop floor, 
and and it was meals that were managing um i became a manager at the age of 40. um i was just doing my bio for the show this morning and you know it's sort of something that at 40 that's when i first became a manager and there was lots of other female managers around me at that point and that has increased our ceo for humble mental health is now a female and um, the 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 coup uh, chief operating officer is a female so there's there's many more um senior positions of females but that's just in my world i, I don't really see out so i'll pass it over what you say rebecca well do you know what recently i did a survey on linkedin asking female managers what is the biggest challenge to their role and there was three simple questions but the the results were that the biggest challenge is uh having the support and recognition to take their role to the next level which is really surprising and they they all felt that they were highly effective in their roles so what is stopping them from getting to that next stage um you know i think it's just it still baffles me really why are they not perceived to be com competent and confident or is it a lack of confidence and then to go after the role. Um, so I'm highly supportive of encouraging women to kind of go for the bigger opportunity and support them as much as I can to achieve that. Yeah, and, and well, as anyone this is, I think I was saying, Paul, is because of the work we do with the man club, um, I do think a, a dynamic that's shifted massively, I think, is um, women are exactly like you said, are the main breadwinners now in relationships um, and the old social economic shift is staying. I've got friends now who are um, what state of dads um, and, and, and this full dynamic is shifting. And I think that's a positive thing. And I think we're going to see more of that shifting, especially with technology. Um, but I think it's just a, a, a shift in time, isn't it? In terms of um, it's a new, it's, it's the new normal, as we would say. And I, I think it's incredible. But like the, the point you mentioned there, um, why is that? I don't know what you said, Paul. What was your thoughts? I think I think it's right. It's a shifting time, but I think it's been happening for quite a while now. I don't think we're just shifting now. Um, I've been I've been in business for quite a lot of years in in the production industry, and some of the leaders in that industry was ladies, and I've seen that for quite a number of years now. And I think some some ladies who haven't progressed like they should have done, maybe. Years ago, there was maybe a little bit of a stigma of the men being, and it might have been themselves. I don't think it's actual society that stopped the women I've worked with. And um, they've just been um, comfortable in what they was doing. But our production manager was female and she was excellent. She was excellent. She was strong. She was dynamic. She was driven. And I think there's a lot of women. I think it's been happening for a while. I think it hadn't just started just recently. I think... Um, Equality's been around for quite a bit. Can I come back in, Rebecca? Because I, I, I was just sort of having a ponder. I'm often, I have to often have to think about things before I can kind of really come up. But it's a really interesting question. And actually, um, a, a friend of mine who's a university lecturer, um, we had this very conversation last week in the garden. We sat and we, we talked about it. And we talked, I'm sorry guys, but, but again about that kind of that male ego and um, what we had noticed that men often get heard more than women. So even in the senior positions, um, men are the ones that often get heard. Um, and I don't know if some, somehow their ideas go forward and often I think we're, we're sidelined. We have to really make, 
we often have to really make a fuss and be very, very vocal, which takes a lot of time and energy. And I know sometimes within my career, I felt worn out by that. It doesn't stop me, but it makes me feel worn out and feel quite trodden sometimes. And to have, you've, I think you've got to be um, a special kind of personality, not a special personality, but a strong personality to just keep going with it because it's quite easy sometimes to give in. I, I understand that completely, Joe. I understand that. I think it's 2027 before it's predicted that there'll be equality between women and men on the board table in you know, the UK's top companies. So we've still got a way to go, and it might even be further out than that. I can't remember the stat, but it, I'm, I read it and I was really surprised. Um, but to your point, you know, I think we. Somebody said to me the other day, and he said he runs a business, and he said the men always give me all the reasons why they're so good at something, but the women just get on and do it. <laughs> and he's got women in his business now. I, no, that those were his words, and. Um, I, I don't think we can just say that's the same for everybody, but perhaps it just amplifies what you're saying there, Joe. that I just want to get on and do it, but maybe not shout about it enough. No, but I mean, yeah. there's a point you guys are making there, Joe, um, and I'm glad you've picked up on this. I was, I was reading a, a study around, um, and we started this, didn't we, Joe, around, Rebecca, you mentioned you love uh, mindset. And I know Joe loves mindset. We all we all love mindset, don't we? But I was reading a study in terms of how how there's a shift in terms of mindset where um, for many years women have um, it's not been okay to step forward and be the dominant one, the dominant energy, the masculine energy. Um, and in in business for many years it has been a, a male dominated industry. Um, that shift's changing. But the interesting thing, um, what you're saying, it was back to the old Maslow's X and Y theory. Um, Women are naturally more nurturing because the mothers, that's naturally, it's in their essence to be more nurturing. So women, more women leaders are naturally um, follow the why theory, you know, um, empower the people, do all, all that. Men naturally beat people with sticks and, and fight, don't they? They'll, right? And he was just saying about how that shift's changing um, around emotional intelligence and the rest of it. But women are struggling because they have to step into that masculine energy. But on the flip side, us guys are really struggling because... We need emotional intelligence and we've got to step into the feminine energy. So Andy's Man Club again, for example, it's feminine energy. We're talking about feelings, emotions, and actually sitting in a room and loving and nurturing other people. That's not natural for a male's energy to do that. And it's not natural in our role. Um, so we're seeing that, we Paul, um, where we're tapping into that other side of us. Um, and it's just interesting to watch you two ladies um, debate about stepping into that masculine energy. Um, and it, you do feel unfocused and burnt out at times because it can be hard. So um, thanks for sharing that. I, I enjoyed that. It was good. good. Next question, Leon. Next one. Right. So so when you when you guys are battling the boardrooms, Rebecca, and Joe, you're battling in the NHS, you know, sorting all those men out. Um, Rebecca, what, what's a, a feel-good song or, you know, if you've got a big battle on, what's a, a piece of music that gets you focused? Well, my favourite song at the moment that I, because I love songs with great beats, is um, Mesmerising by Cynthia. And uh, a couple of years ago, my son had a, a, a part-time job in Ibiza and he came home and he said, um, I've just had such a great time. And I said, I've never been to Ibiza and I'd like to go to the clubs because my husband doesn't really like dancing, but I do. And my son really bravely said, 
well, go for a weekend and I'll take you to the clubs. How amazing is that? Oh, well, that is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, so I just love Ibiza Beats. And um, that one is my particular one at the moment. And it reminds me of going to some of those amazing clubs with my son who wasn't too embarrassed to have his son with him. Oh, it's awesome. Is, is, that the, is, that the French, is that the French lady, the French singer? Oh, I don't know. It could well be. I don't I'm know. I, look like I, think on, I think John Glastonbury this weekend on the online. I was watching her, I think. Oh, ah, really? Yeah. I, must, I must take a look. <laughs> I'm just, um, I want to know your secret about how you get your son to even dance with you, never mind <laughs> be with you. If I dance, my, my son just says, you've ruined it. <laughs> Let me come well, I, did, <laughs> I did give him some space because he got chatting to a few girls and I thought the worst thing in the world would be who are you with? And he turned around and say, my mum. So I thought I, dis I disappeared for a few hours it's, while he was doing I, that. I, I like his style, rocking with, rocking. That's the new, that, that's the new normal, take a wing woman, not a wing man, a wing woman. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I, I hope that maybe one day I can repeat that sentence. Well, you just, uh, just make it happen, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's man, that ain't it for you, Joe? Yeah. Yes, that's that's going to be my goal now. Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> right then, uh, what purchase of fifty pound or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months, Rebecca? Oh, that's such a good question, Paul. I had to think about this. I've got two things. One is a real flippant piece of equipment, and I'm not really a gadget person. But my husband bought me one of those, it's a battery operated aerator, which foams up your coffee or foams up your drinks. And I don't know how much that was. I'm sure it was a lot less than 50 pounds. But I just love using this gadget every morning. Um, so I mix up my vitamin powders and things and get this gadget going. But on a more sensible note, um, I love using Canva, which is eight pounds 99 a month. And it's a piece of software that allows me to make designs and posts for social media. And it is so easy to use. I don't know why I haven't discovered it ages ago. It's a godsend. Um, and for $8.99 a month, I think it gives me so much value. It's great. That's C-A-N-V-A, Canva, so easy. So Rebecca, just tell us a little bit more about that. It sounds fascinating. Oh, okay. So when you're doing, say, posts on Instagram, it's very, you know, you need to have a picture and then you might want to put some text around it. Um, and <clears throat> so you can go into Canva, you can set the size for a Twitter post, you can put the text over it, and then you can press resize and it will resize it for an Insta, um, for a LinkedIn post or a, um, a Twitter post does it automatically it's just really it's a great for 8.99 a month it gives me tremendous value and fun and um it's so easy to use completely agree with that joe to give you an example do you know all the branding things that um zoe does with all the podcasts and all the videos and everything that's all canva and oh. we use photoshop as well but what is canva is one of the tools it sounds like something we could perhaps use on the program when we're doing all our campaigns and things. So it sounds like it might okay. be something that would be of real use. I'll look into that one. Thank you. There's my first tip. There you go. <laughs> it's so easy to use, Joe. It's so easy. <laughs> great, great one. Great one. And I think the, the interesting one, them, them, them throwing foffers, 
little gadgets like that, I, I think they're they're amazing, life changing, aren't they? Just um, gives you a bit of enjoyment with with your drink. Yeah, uh, I have my coffee machine um, that does my milk frothing. It's getting repaired. We've got one of them insurances, you know, you can send them away. Um, and I've not had it for must be like three months now, and I can't believe how much I miss just having because sometimes I have a frothy milk, just a front warm milk, um, like a little kid um, with a cookie. Um, and I, I ain't got it. It's just not the same in a microwave. In a microwave. So I'm with you. I'm going to maybe look up one of them 50 pound um, frothers, see if I can get one of them. Leon, I would like to have said my coffee machine, but you said 50 quid. So, you know. Well, I'm just saying, I've, I, 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 need to, I need to buy one of them frothers for under 50 quid. I've got a fancy coffee machine that's not working. Too complicated, simple. That's what I need. Yeah. Aero Latte, I think it's called, something like that. I'm getting one. I'm <laughs> old, oh, I'm old milk on my diet. You can, have, you, can have, you can have as much as you like. Get the cream. No problem number one. <laughs> yeah. Right, you your next question. Okay. So do you have a lesson from a failure of yours, Rebecca? Yes. Loads and loads. But my favourite one that I really love to share is that I had won a contract with the body shop. And I'm a big, big fan of Anita Roddick, who founded The Body Shop, no longer with us, but she was a real inspiration to me. A woman who was on a mission, uh, kind of setting up retail outlets, and everybody in the city loved her, but she didn't care about the city. She was really, and she was into natural beauty and um, not kind of cosmetic, not cosmetics that were manufactured. It's all about um cosmetics that weren't uh, tested on animals and I thought I'm going to get her contract I'm going to do their distribution so I spent a lot of time getting to know Body Shop inside out to cut a long story short we won the contract which was amazing and after 12 months of doing a phenomenal job for them we went to a meeting I was expecting a big pat on the back but we were told yeah you're doing everything great you're delivering on time we're doing all of those things that we've been um, uh, have been agreed in the service agreement, but you're boring, and if you don't sort yourselves out, we won't be keeping this contract. And I thought, what earth do they mean? What do they mean? We're boring. I mean, we kind of we're doing everything right. What what do you mean? And um, I was really close to losing this contract unless we changed, and I had to really think about what it was that we had to do differently. And I kept asking the question. So we went back to the office, got the team around, and I kept saying, how can we do a better distribution service for Body Shop? Which really was the wrong question. And when the penny eventually dropped, the question should have been, how could we do a better distribution? How could we provide a better service to Body Shop in total? And how can we be more aligned to their values in their business? And they're... they're their values were about the environment. They wanted to be the greenest company um, around. I think that's still very much the, their ethos today. And when that penny dropped, we thought, why don't we see if we can have the most green distribution service for Body Shop, not just the most, um, not just the best service, but make it green. And we put the first natural gas vehicle on the road which was a big project because there hadn't been a natural gas vehicle on the road. Manufacturers turned us down about working with us. But that was a project that got Body Shop involved with us. We kept that relationship and contract with Body Shop for 15 years. Mm -hmm. 
and so the message in that was for, for me was that that could have been a significant failure and in fact um until you're aligned with your customer and their principles you will you're at risk of losing a big piece of work and that's something that i take with me now when i'm working with companies and helping them to grow it's what is it your customers are looking for yeah. and be aligned to that not what you think you're doing so that was the biggest one of the biggest lessons i had and i just it would have been uh it would have been reputational damage and financial mm-hmm. damage if we hadn't kept that contract because it put the company on the map in a way because here we were a small business winning a really big contract so i think how that does that feel thing. for you personally rebecca and you know when we talk about these things it always feels so easy that actually you had a word with the team and and and, and you kind of came up with a solution what was the, what what did that feel like to you at the time because I, I i'm guessing that must have been soul destroying really hearing those words well for me joe i was really responsible for developing that account so i felt here i was md and they didn't like what i was doing yeah and i needed to change things and i didn't actually know what to do <laughs> so, mm. so i felt a bit oh my goodness you know the md's meant to have all the answers i know now that's not the case but at the time that's how it felt and here's me taking personal pride in having won this contract and now being responsible for developing it and they're sending a shockwave over to me if you don't pull your finger out you're going to lose it and it felt very personal yes I can it felt, but you know when i realized you've got to discuss it with your team and your team mm. will support you to get through these things um, a bit like um andy's band club in a way you've got to share things people will inspire you and come up with ideas to help you move forward you don't have to own it all yourself and as the md you don't have to have all the answers and so big yeah. leadership lesson in a way i guess as well from that joe i think for me i, I i'm sorry guys i know where the ladies are taking the air down today but um it resonates so much with me because i think sort of being a manager where i was and to do the work that i do now i have um quite a lot of freedom I guess I still work for the NHS but I have quite a lot of freedom my program isn't as structured as some of the other programs because it's really about developing and I think this is where I feel like I've flourished the most because actually that's what I have I can do I can go out to the people I can go out to those that are being affected by suicide and I can say what is it that we need to do what can we change what is it that you need how can we help you and working with like Paul and Leon constantly and sort of getting more ideas I feel personally I've just been reflecting on this this morning doing that bio I feel like I'm flourishing in some ways and it's about I do take the knocks sometimes because I do feel personally responsible especially when those egos come into play it, it, it can really knock me um but but that freedom to go out and work with the team that I'm working with and, and the public has just been a, a breath of fresh air really and I'm, I'm loving it I think Joe what what was interesting listening to Rebecca's story there um, which I think is just incredible. I Rebecca on the show to learn, you know, pass that learning. I, I think we're really passionate about solving what I believe is the biggest problem on the planet, which is people taking their own lives. I don't think there's a bigger problem on the planet, right? And the only way we're going to solve that problem is the right people, process, and technology. We always, we're always trying to innovate, aren't we, right? But I think 
what I'm learning as I'm getting a little bit older, um, and it's getting our ego in check, like Rebecca mentioned there. But I remember reading um, last year, Rebecca, this quote by Peter Drucker, who was like a famous business consultant. Yeah. And, it, and he talks about it, business being really simple. And I love this idea. And this is what we're doing around the suicide. This is what Rebecca's just talked about there. But he said business is just two things, innovation and marketing. That's all it is, nothing yeah. else. Because it's a given that we've got to deliver value to the marketplace, yeah. an absolute given. So forget about, and it's interesting when, when I hear that story, is Body Shop didn't care about the value Rebecca was delivering because it was a service ship. They expected that value. But what, what, what Body Shop was actually asking Rebecca to do was give us something innovative. What more value can you bring? And they obviously, they was able to see within Rebecca that they could give Miles more value because what did Rebecca go do? Went back and delivered a bloody gas vehicle and one didn't exist. That's innovation, you know? And it's about, I think... That's what we're on this planet to do, aren't we? Innovate, that's what we do, you know? It used to be get an apple from a tree, get loads of apples from a tree, get loads of other people to get apples from a tree, and we'll go up some pears. That's that's the way life is, but we, for some reason, our, our egos just make it far more complicated than it needs to be, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Leon. It's about how can you do something that transforms their business through innovation, potentially, but yeah, how can you do something that makes their lives better? makes them more successful. Yeah, and and, and the, the ultimate goal, and I think this is back to that shift again, and COVID-19 provides this in abundance. You'd use the word innovation, no one understood it, and people would sit in the room and think they understood innovation. But let's be really, really honest what innovation is, in my opinion, and we'll have a little vote on the room. But I believe that we need to use technology to automate things so we can go spend time with our loved ones. So we need to automate our emails so Rebecca can go dance in Ibiza over a sunset with a sun. That's important. That's meaningful, right? We need technology to automate processes. We're seeing it in, in doctors. AI is, is, is predicting more um, cancer, breast cancer in women um, than doctors could. It's allowing doctors to actually sit and ask that woman how she's actually feeling. Um, so we've got to use technology and we've got to use people to go do the best. And that's where the shift's coming Um but how we do that, we, we, we're switching from one paradigm to another. So what, what's your thoughts on innovation, Rebecca? I agree using technology to be innovative. But we, you know, I think the creative side of that is down to us. We've got to come up with those creative ideas and then find the applications that meet, enable us to do it efficiently and effectively. But I also agree with you know, your points about what's important to us, how can we automate things so that we can free up time to do the things that really inspire us, move us, make us better people, be able to give more. Um, but that going into businesses and thinking about how we can be innovative and finding ways to bring teams together to be innovative and creative is the start point, really. Got to have, I've got to have the culture and values in an organisation that allow that to happen. Love, love that. Very great answer. Paul, what's your, your thoughts on innovation? Well, I've... I love technology. I used to hate technology, but due COVID, um, during COVID and lockdown, it's been a godsend. Um, we've done that with a man club. Um, we we do our Monday night um, clubs, twenty eight around the country, but it couldn't. We had to shut down and we couldn't do anything. So, Andy's man club innovated and created software through Leon's company. Um, brilliant piece of kit. So now. We had 337 men online on Monday night sharing, which was absolutely phenomenal. And 
you can't you can't bar that because if we hadn't have done it, it, it doesn't beat the face to face interaction, but it's the next next best best thing. And it keeps it keeps us connected, which was absolutely crucial in these unprecedented times. So yeah, um I think we need to be creative and we have been as such doing these podcasts. We've done them from Australia and New Zealand during lockdown. We wouldn't have done that if we was doing it from the office. We wouldn't have Rebecca on the show. We wouldn't have had Rebecca on the show. <laughs> so, so, there you go. so for every positive, there's, 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 for every negative, there's a positive. What's your thoughts on innovation, Joe? Yeah, I, I agree with all that's been said. And I, I definitely agree with um, both of you and Rebecca in terms of that automated, but also about having that culture. So it's okay. Um, can You know, I think we're... We need businesses and we're talking about spending time with our loved ones. Um, and this is allowing us, I, I know that my days are as full. Um, I'm still producing a lot of work, but I'm not running about. I haven't got all the travel that goes with that, but I'm still working full days. So I just feel like I'm doing more and more. So we've got to be, we've got to nip that in the bud before that goes too far because businesses will expect more and more, I think, of people. But Joe, that's the human condition. We, we want more. We need more. We want to do more. And and the, the question I want to ask you there is... We don't get the balance, do we? But it's, it's the, human, balance, the human condition, isn't it? You know, and it's like, I'm meant to be having next week off and go to the caravan. And I'm already predicting, I've already mentioned it to the, the team. I need them to turn the technology off me, take it off me. I think you should take it off you. I challenge you, Leon, to take it I off do. you. I do. I, well, I already have timers and stuff set up, but I mean, I, I want to be really present. I think what? you need to take it off right. I'll, 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 I'll leave it. 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 But the point being, though, we, it's human nature to be inquisitive and want to be connected. What would you say, Rebecca? You'll listen to us all share about innovation, oh, culture. Come on, I'm going to be on the spot. Such a great subject. I think if you love what you do, you want to do more and more of it. So I get that. I also accept the importance of having time and having balance. And taking a break is really good because it refreshes you and it makes you come back even more um, enthusiastic and reinvigorated about life and what you want to do. So I agree with Joe. You should empower yourself to take your technology off you and have that well, well-deserved break with your family and have time to think and reflect and come back even more motivated. You're already a really motivated individual, but come back even more motivated and excited about your business. So, but I think Joe's point is very valid. Empower yourself. Do right, it. Done. Right, right, let's move on. I've been told, Paul, there, aren't I? I've been told. But do you remember the last time you switched off and you was in Mexico and you didn't take no technology? I gave you a book. What come out of that? Podcast. Exactly. Well, then. Then. You take that in. We, we don't need. No, let's be. You two, be very careful what you wish for with me. We don't need any more ideas. I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, Rebecca, the next question. Can I just um, say, first, Leon? Can I just say, Rebecca, congratulations on what you did. Now you turned that things around with the body shop, um, and the fact that you work with, worked with them for the next fifteen years. I, I was just, I, I was um, kind of listening to every single word as you was talking, and, and just so congratulations that you got through that and did that very, very successfully. And that, you know, I have the utmost respect for you. Well done. Well, thank you, Joe. But it was such a good lesson. It yeah. changed so many things in the business going forward. It was tough, but I learned so much from it. Yeah. 
Well, on that, because yeah, it's a great point. You come back there. What was the biggest thing you learned from that, though? The biggest thing. The biggest thing I learned was you've got to add value over and above what you think you're already doing, and it's probably not enough. And you've got to be aligned to mm-hmm. your customers' goals, aspirations. If you don't take that into account, then you're not going to move forward in a way that you might want to. Love that. Love that. Thank you for that. Um, next thing, um, what is a favourite quote or saying that if you could share with everyone in the world, what is it and why? Oh, I had to really think about this because I love quotes, but I guess I nailed it down to one and it's in order to succeed, we must first believe that we can. Love it. So uh, that's by Michael Coda, who I don't know who he is, but if we don't, you know, why that's important to me is you've got to have a vision. You've got to believe you can do it. Otherwise, you're never going to to get there and make it happen. So you've got to have that self-belief. You've got to have that vision. You've got to move forward. And it's almost, you know, if you if you don't know where you're going, you won't get there. It's that kind of thing. You've got to believe it first. And we can all achieve what we want to achieve. If we put our minds to it, Joe, I think, you, I, I think Joe was gonna. Was is this a good point where he was gonna bring up what you said, Joe, earlier on about Rebecca? Yeah, but, yeah I was. Yeah, I was gonna either do that or around the the um, the the other question. But right. you know what I read on, on your LinkedIn, you were celebrating um, that your daughter had got into university, but the university of her choice, um, yeah. and that perhaps she hadn't had. Um, the uh, encouragement that perhaps she could have done from other areas. Do you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah. So my daughter's doing the foundation um, art course and she has set herself, her sights very high on going to one of the top um, art schools in London. And she had, when she talked this through with her um, course director, he said, you've got to have a safe option. You're going too high. And she brought that home and we chatted about it and we all said, you've got to go for your dream. And if you want to go for three top universities in London, you go for it and don't, you know, don't dismiss what he's saying, but kind of ignore it, do what you think is right. And she went back and told him and he said, no, you still need a safe option. Anyway, she did ignore his advice and she got into her uni of choice. And that just reinforces this whole message. You've got to go for your dreams. You've really got to um, take the risk, put it out there and see what comes back because you know if it hadn't worked out she could have gone through clearing and got another university so there wasn't you know there would have been a way around it there would have been a solution but you've got to go for what you believe in and it's your life you've got to uh, make it matter make it count i can see i can see your daughter's got real drive but where does your drive come from rebecca um, do you know what? That I love that question because I don't really know. It's just something inside me and it's just the way I am. And sometimes um, you think, oh, why do I have this drive to go on and learn new things and want to do more? <laughs> so why don't I just set back for a minute and have an easier life? But it comes from wanting to kind of help other people in some way, shape or form, whether that's to help them grow a business, whether that's to help them realise that they can achieve their dreams. There's just something in that. But where it comes from, I'm not really sure. But I do blame my dad, who is I, yeah. still working now. Yeah. And he's um he's got a farm. He gets up early every morning. He works on the farm. 
and I blame him. I think it's something in his genes that he's passed on to me that we both love working and we both love what we do. I was going to ask if it was your dad because you mentioned him much earlier that he'd started the business off. Um, And I think sometimes it takes a while. Me and my mum were talking the other day and she often, I'm often in trouble for for working too much and for working too hard and I need to take a break. And um, I just turned around and I looked at my mum. She's 74 going on 75. She still works three days a week. Um, through she's fellowed at the moment so she's been walking she walks about between four and seven miles per day and then she comes home and my dad has motorbikes and she's cleaning the sheds out and cutting the grass and I just looked at her and I said don't you ever ever tell me again to slow down because I get it from you and my dad and I think that's where my drive comes from so, yeah, she's, they've got a lot of responsibility, those parents, haven't they? And I can see that probably my kids are going to end up exactly the same. Yeah. It's not a bad trait to have, is it? After a lot of traits, I think it's a good one. And I also think it is connected to, if you're busy and you're doing things that you love to do, it helps your mindset. Yeah. 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 And I always remember back, back into parents, my mother used to always say to me, Find a job that you love to do and you never have to work a day again in your life. She used to always say that to me. Um, and I, I always remember that um, it's a, to this day. So, yeah, I love that. Parents. Parents got right a lot. Next question. In the, in the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life, Rebecca? Uh, giving back. Helping others. Um, committing every year to mentor one or two people for free um, and seeing how they flourish and how it changes their lives in some way, shape or form. Um, It's just so rewarding. So it's being able to um, offer that out, to give that gift to other people, I suppose, to be able to help them achieve what they want to achieve in their life. And that has had a huge impact on me yeah oh that's brilliant love it this has had a big impact on them as well well yeah i hope so like you know the feedback's um positive and good um have you seen any success stories out of those where you've given um is it is you know can you do you ever sort yeah, of people, the success of yeah people that have had promotions have understood about managing their boss or their leader and not thinking that it's just they have to respond but also you know stepping up believing that they can take that next opportunity that they should really go for it um chatting to somebody yesterday um he was saying i think i need to um step out of my corporate role go and work in another business start as the operations director move into the role as md and i said I, I don't believe that you know, you should go straight in for an MD role. You've got the skills. And sometimes people don't see in themselves the skills that others see in them. So it's just kind of reflecting that back and saying, you've got that talent. You've got that capability. You know, go, really go for it. Go on, Joe. You're next. Oh, am I? Oh, okay. I was so engrossed. Name <laughs> 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 what you know now. <clears throat> What advice would you give yourself at 18 and what advice would you ignore? So the advice I would give myself is the advice I give to my daughter who's 19 and that would be believe in you. Um, 
go for what you want to do and have that self-confidence because as you, you learn things as you get older, it's not the GCSEs or the A-level results that you get that determine your future. It's you as an individual. So be kind, go to help others um, and believe in your your wonderful skills and talents and capabilities. What was the other part to that, Joe? What would uh, my... what advice would you ignore? Oh, what other people say. <laughs> you don't have good intentions who have never done it before themselves, who want to try and put you off, but they haven't done it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we you, call we call we call them in life these two two types of people, these radiators. We like to sit around and get all cozy and warm like we're doing now. And and then these drains and just yeah. suck all the heat and the energy and everything off you. And but yeah. the interesting thing which I found though is we can also be very careful. We can become drained quite easily too, um, depending on the situation. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I share that. I share that one. Yeah, be around positive people that uplift you, support you, believe in you, believe in yourself. But don't listen to those other people that provide, so say, advice from the sidelines. But um, they've never done it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should get older as well. I, you, you know, you, your time is precious, especially when, you know, we've all got very busy lives. And spending time with those that are, are positive and that you, you love and that they live you back is so important. The time is so precious that actually I don't have time in my life anymore for those that are, and, you know, that don't come from the same hymn sheet, I guess, as, as I yeah. do, um, in whatever way that might be. You don't always have to have people to agree with you, but just having good people around you that will they'll be there for you, that will support you, that make you laugh. Or We have we have people for different things, that we'll go to different people for different things. And, uh, yeah, I haven't got any time anymore for, for for the for the drains, the constant drains. We're all drains <laughs> at times, but I don't, have, I don't have time for constant drains. It takes my energy Come away. On. I think it's fine. I think I think that's why the man club works because in there, you know, we always talk about the man in the arena quote um, and the critic. So you know, and it's a famous. I can't remember exactly the quote. I think it's a Theodore Roosevelt quote. But he talks about um, take advice, but take from take advice from people who have been in the arena, um, not the spectators who are sat in, you know, looking down at you. Actually, take advice so who, someone who's who's bloody and sweating has been in battle. And really take advice from them who have failed in battle because that's where the lessons come from, from that failure. And I, I always re, re, I remember that sort of quote. I love that quote. And the man club, but you, you said, Paul, don't you? Why, yeah. lesson, why it works in there is everyone's learning off each other's failures. That's why it works. And sharing knowledge and sharing ideas. And it comes back to Rebecca's point with a single goal of making each person in that room a better version of themselves. It, all of us, isn't it? And I think... That's, that's what we need to make life more about, is, is man. Um, we're going to go on for the next one. We all at time feel burnt out, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed. Um, so what do you do? And if if helpful, Rebecca, what sort of questions do you ask yourself? Oh, I always go back to my why. Kind of why am I doing this? You know, on, the, on those off days that happen every now and again. Kind of, And then I go back to my, I go to my vision. So I'm very much into having a vision board in different places, um, on my phone, in my office, that sort of stuff. So I like to look at that and just reflect on that for a, for a moment. Um, 
And there are other things I like to do, just kind of might be to go and have a really nice cup of coffee somewhere because I'm a bit of a coffee uh, fan. Just sit and reflect, maybe take some extra time out with my family, read a quote, listen to some great music, watch something inspirational, a whole manner of things really, just to kind of reboot, I guess. Take a break when you're feeling up against it. Give yourself some some love and uh, re-energise yourself. Might be go out, might be go be for a nice walk somewhere. I'm, I'm a bit like, I didn't start drinking coffee until I was 50 years of age. And, but I do like to go for a walk and have a coffee, just sit and reflect and then get up and walk back. Um, I do some of my best thinking when I'm doing that and just, just time to reflect. I love it. And coffee at 50, I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, can't believe it. I love it. Yeah, but Paul, you didn't have enough, enough room in there for all the beer you used to drink. You swap coffee for beer. I'll get, that's, no, 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 I don't drink beer. I spill most Paul, of it. Paul, yes. I thought you said fifteen because I thought you didn't say fifty. It's not fifty, surely. Yeah, I, I thought you just started at fifteen. <laughs> no, I'm fifty-one now. I started drinking coffee when I was fifty. Since we started the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I needed it. I need a shot of it. Right. Next question: Who in the world would you like to interview, past or present, and why? Oh, goodness me. Um, oh, gosh. Um, oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. I'm going to need some help with this. I haven't, uh, I'm not sure. There's so many people. It doesn't have to be anyone famous if that helps you. Um, it can be anybody, anybody whatsoever. Anyone you'd love to have a conversation, learn something from. I think it would be Nelson Mandela. How did he cope with his mindset when he was incarcerated for so long? How did he manage that? I mean, we've all struggled. Oh, sorry. There's, my family had struggled being within four walls in a in our home at times. But how did he manage it in that cell? His mindset must be must have been so strong. Yes. What? How did he get through that? I tell you uh, what, you struggled, but you come up with a blander there, Rebecca. Leon, you've got a, you've got a little story about Nelson Mandela, aren't you? When he was in prison. Yeah, because interestingly, I'm just fascinated, Rebecca. It's weird why you mention him. I'm just fascinated myself with that question. So I went on a bit of a mission just studying everything I could about him, books, podcast, you name it. I just studied everything. And there's a story in it where he talked about um, he wanted to get results. And he, he believed that he could change um, the, everything he changed the way you know black men was viewed. And, and he talks around... Um, he just needed to get the guards to give him one thing, one thing. And he said, and he used to talk and everyone else was like, you're mad. You'll never get them to give you anything. I said, once we get one thing, we'll start changing. And little steady, and he talks about little steps, great distances. You see where I got that now, don't you, Paul? Little steps, great distances. And, he, and he, his goal was um, everybody who was important in the prison um, got to where and the other prisoners that was classed as more important than, than than Nelson Mandela. They got to wear long trousers, whereas he had to have shorts. And I don't know how many years it took him, but his number one goal when he was in there for many years, and I think it was about 10, 20 years or something, was he was lobbying every day to get changed from short trousers to long trousers. And he said the moment he got him to change him from long short trousers to long trousers, he knew he had them and he knew that he would achieve his vision. 
Because once he could get him to change one thing, he could get him to change everything. And I was like, wow. One simple thing of getting out of the trousers. And then he just said, from then, that was my first step. And then I took my next step and my next step. And I just didn't give in until the rest is history in it, which I just think is an incredible story. Well, it shows so much about his determination that he wasn't going to fail on that. And it's all about small steps. And I think we can bring that into our own lives, can't we? You have that vision. You want to make something happen and you have to take small steps towards it every single day. Love that. That's great. Great story. Didn't know that. Go on, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still, um, that, that is a really fascinating story. Um, we have come to the end uh, of this podcast. We've got easily through an hour, Joe, already done. I know, and Incredible, I want to carry on. I'm <laughs> really enjoying it. I want you to come back again, Rebecca. I want to learn more. Um, You're too kind, Joe. I'm not. I, I, I honestly, I really mean it. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been lovely. I, I just feel like we could learn so much. It's been, it's been excellent. But is there anything that we should have asked that we didn't, do you think? Is there anything that you could think of? I don't think so. I think my, my, my kind of key message about life is you, you've got to go to add value. You've got to go to give. And if you have that mindset, uh, it's amazing how it rebounds in some way, shape or form. But it's not about having expectations. It's just having that unconditional give value that could be sharing some knowledge it could be sharing some something that you've learned i mean that's knowledge isn't it but it just a way of giving back to others being kind listening whatever it might be go to give and that just will make a difference and it's been made a big difference to my life rebecca how can people find out more about you where can they find out more about you go to my um website which is rjen rjen.co.uk or find me on social media. So I'm on most of them. Um, but yeah, I'd love to chat with people on social media if uh, somebody wants to get in touch. Well, what we'll do as well, Rebecca, as well, before the show, we'll make sure we put links onto all your bios um, so people can find out about the great work you do. And Joe, you've got one more last question, haven't you, Joe? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. I've got two, actually, because have you learned anything from this? The podcast, Rebecca, is there any Yes, lens? I have. I've got an idea from this podcast, and that is that I'm so inspired with what you do at Man's, uh, Andy's Band Club. I'm thinking, could I do something similar for women who want to achieve more? And could I use technology to make that happen? So mm-hmm. when I talked about yeah. helping a couple of people, I thought, God, that sounds so minuscule. Why couldn't I make it a lot more than that? So that's what I've learned from this. Wow. How could that's I wonderful. go about doing that? So, so need, um, Joe, we definitely need to have a conversation because that's already happening in the background, Rebecca. So I'm sure there could be some things you could okay. get involved in with Joe. Um, so we'll take that one offline. Um, it's weird how things come together, isn't it? It is. I can tell how excited you are. Um, and last, this one in the question, this is just a request and it's non-negotiable, Joe. So go, let's go to the next one. 
So we ask every guest, um, I'm on here, suicide prevention um, is my aim, it's, um, it's what I do for a living, and but it's my passion as well. Um, and what we're asking is everybody to do the www.talksuicide.co.uk, we'll pop the link in for you, Rebecca, you don't have to remember it. And it's just a 20 minute um, free um Oh gosh, I've lost my word. A training around um, suicide prevention. Um, it's from the Zero Suicide Alliance, um, but it really does make a difference. We hear stories back that people have used this training to save a life, and and we ask that you promote that on your social media as well. It is oh, wow. absolutely free. Um, but also, goes up, um, you're working with some fantastic businesses. Um, if you can share that out with them, business well, it's a free piece of training. We've got all of our staff to do it. Um, and ultimately, you know, um, as we say, talking does save lives. Um, mm -hmm. So that has been an amazing podcast. Thank you, Rebecca, for jumping on. Um, that's Leon checking out. Paul checking out. Joe checking out. Rebecca checking out. Thank you.